Do you want to be radically generous, but at the very same time want to save? Well, the Bible commands us to do both, to both save and to be generous. But how can we do both? Is not those two duties working against each other? Are they not incompatible? In today's podcast, we show you that while it may look at first glance as though saving and generosity are incompatible, they are actually perfectly compatible when you live by faith in the promises of God. You are listening to the All of Life podcast, where Christ is king over the nitty-gritty of everyday life. I'm Brandon Neely, and this is a part of my teaching ministry at Christ Church of Acadiana in southwest Louisiana. Our proverb of the day is Proverbs 11.24. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. This beautiful promise of God, delivered to us by wise King Solomon in the Proverbs, is echoed by one of the greatest saints of all time. His name is Job. Job said this, He said, I delivered the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to help him, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. Those are beautiful words from Job, righteous words from a righteous man, one of the greatest heroes of the faith. But let me ask you, can you echo Job? Can you look at your life and, and, and look at your line item budgets and say along with righteous Job, I am a father to the needy? I put a song in the heart of the widows? If not, why not? Is there something holding you back? I suggest that many folks, even those who desire to be radically generous, are held back in their generosity for this big reason. They're afraid. Afraid of not having enough afraid of running on hard times, afraid of their resources running out. Think about it a little bit more. The ant, you know that ant that we are constantly reminded to meditate upon in the Proverbs? Well, the ant prepares for the future, and so should we. He is not impulsive. He's wise, right? That's you. That's you. That's that's me. We, We don't want to be hasty. We don't want to be impulsive. We want to prepare. We want to develop that quality of foresightedness. Well, the ant considers the potential difficulties in the future. His money isn't burning a hole in his pocket. He's denying himself. He, he's doing like what Dave Ramsey says. He's living today like no one else so that tomorrow he can live like no one else. He's delaying gratification and doing what is necessary to meet future needs and to care for future dependents. Who knows who might need his help in the future? He wants to be prepared for that. He is going to be sure not to become an unnecessary burden on others in the future. The ant possesses wisdom and love. The ant is just and he is righteous. Now, that's good for the ant. That's good for you and for me and for all those who save. But we've got to be careful. We must beware of counterfeits, counterfeit ants. Dung beetles, if you will, posing as ants. Faux, fake ants. You see, ants save um, for the future, but faux ants, they aren't simply saving. They are fearfully and unfaithfully hoarding, like little dung beetles. They're just rolling up everything they can find and keeping it for themselves. 
They're stockpiling. They're hoarding. They're storing up luxuries and extravagances and hoarding under the quote-unquote name of wisdom, under the quote-unquote name of love or of, of saving and preparation for the future. You see, these faux ants refuse to acknowledge their calling to be generous. They're saving but they're not being generous. The ant of wise King Solomon is a part of a colony. He's a part of a team. He's not saving at the expense of others. He's saving, but he's also simultaneously being generous, benevolent, and charitable. These faux ants, these money grubs, they justify their behavior under the guise of wisdom, planning, and saving. But fundamentally, they refuse to be generous. They're afraid to be generous. They refuse to tithe and to dutifully pull their weight in resourcing the ministries of their own church. Instead, they unjustly let their brothers and sisters in Christ carry the financial responsibilities. They refuse to share. They don't look to the poor. They do not put a song in the heart of the widows. They cannot echo Job. They let others carry the burdens of the helpless and of the poor. They save, but they do so at the expense of the whole. This is not biblical saving. This is what we might call hoarding, greed, selfishness, lovelessness, and all, I propose, motivated by fear. They say, should I not care for my own, for my own family? Well, of course you should. You should save. You should leave an inheritance for your children's children. But what are you teaching your children when you refuse to be generous? We must all save while simultaneously trusting the future promises of God. It's in our faith in the promises of God that changes our psychology as it comes to our bottom line, as it comes to our economics and our even our home economics. Consider this promise of God from Proverbs 19.17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Is God able to keep His promises? Is He faithful? Is He willing? Is He faithful to His Word? Well, of course He is. And it is this promise, this promise in the Proverbs, which is echoed time and time again, that God is on the side of the poor and that God repays all of the generosity that we give. It is this promise which makes the dichotomy between saving and generosity fly right out of the window. You see, the one who refuses to tithe, refuses to share, refuses to care, and does so in the name of planning for the future, is the one who simply does not trust God, at least not in this particular promise. He instead trusts in his nest egg. Money is his security and his salvation. But the one who trusts God, trusts all of God's word, trusts his promises here in the Proverbs, when it says to plan ahead, to exercise foresight, to save, to emulate the ant, he saves. And when it says that God will return all of your generosity as though you were investing it in a bank, well, he shares. His saving and his sharing are all investments in his future care, his future salvation. Consider Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven: Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse, You see there that there is no dichotomy between saving and generosity. Even in generosity, even in radical generosity, even in following the required duty of the tithe, you can rest assured that God is going to take care of you. 
Like I always say, if he has called you to it, he will equip you, he will protect you, and he'll bless you along the way. No reason to fear. What does the Apostle Paul say? He says this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Your generosity is not going to be a lag or a draw on your saving. God can turn stones to bread and stop the sun in the sky before He will let anyone who depends on Him go hungry. He has ways to bless us that we can't even imagine. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, on all the hills. He owns all the cattle and can grant you blessings and abundance at any time and in any way. So, may we not forget that this universe is not a closed system and that 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 truth extends even to our own budgets. Our bottom lines are not closed systems. They will not always continue in a uniform manner until the end of time. God can reduce them or increase them at will. He can instantly deliver. He can instantly bless and cause abundance. And He can do so from the least likely of sources at the most unexpected times. So budget with faith, not fear. Save like the ant, but give like Job. Be saving and giving a particular percentage at every single point in your life with all of the money that you are giving. That's my advice. What did our Lord say? Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. It's justice, and all these things will be added unto you. Don't be anxious about what you will eat or what you will wear. Rather, seek first the kingdom, and he'll take care of you. This has been another episode of the All of Life podcast. I'm Brandon Neely, and if you'd like more resources from my teaching ministry down here in southwest Louisiana, check out the growing archives over at sermonaudio.com. I'd especially direct your attention to a sermon series entitled your work matters. In it, you're going to find a full, developed understanding of what God has to say about your 8 to 5. And remember, if Christ has called you, He'll equip you, He'll protect you, and for today, He'll fund you along the way. Have a great day.